you guys back to episode 20 of season one here on strange tech talk and uh, i just have to say that as we're nearing the end of our first season um, whether or not we make it big in some way shape or form uh, i just had to say that i truly enjoy doing this uh, i love seeing what's coming around the corner and just how technology continues to change and advance um, and while some do say that it's encroaching on us too soon and too abrasively, uh, which there is truth of that, is certainly a, a passion of mine that I will never tire of. And being able to relay all this to those of you who have similar interests is it's just truly a pleasure of mine. And, uh, well, it's a desire both Riley and I have to continue doing this for you guys. So if you do enjoy or appreciate what we're doing here, uh, definitely consider subscribing and even passing this along to others who have similar interests as well. Um, and I also did want to give a major shout out to both Riley's wife as well as mine uh, just for supporting us. I have uh, three kids and my wife does a phenomenal job as a mother and allowing me to make this passion a reality. Um, she will quite frankly, never get enough credit because no one really knows how much she does behind the scenes with our family. And I know that your wife has been uh, so encouraging and supportive as well in what you're doing here, Riley, and just all the tips and pointers that she gives you. So uh, somehow us brothers uh, just managed to be blessed with two incredible women in our lives, and uh, none of this would be possible if it weren't for them. So we really appreciate you guys and just thank you for all that you do. But uh, with all that being said, we have a host of news and topics today that we want to jump right into, and uh, some of them are just downright impressive and exciting to see. And uh, first on the list, we have iOS 16.2 that just released on Tuesday, which brings a plethora of fixes and some features, but uh, one such notable and unexpected feature could find itself among the list of, well, I would say, beloved improvements for 2022, mm -hmm. and it relates to Apple Music. Um with this update, you're able to utilize something called Apple Music Sing, which basically acts as a karaoke feature where you can adjust the volume of the vocals while keeping yeah. most of the instruments at full volume. And uh, yeah, it's it's pretty cool. I, I mean, I'm not sure if you actually thought it was impressive, but um, ever since TikTok had taken place of Musically, uh, there really hasn't been a whole lot of this um, karaoke style. Um, for apps and to see Apple do this is kind of almost a niche I think because we haven't had a lot of this stuff um, just on the internet in a while so it's good to bring it back I think for sure yeah and now this is only available for the iPhone 11 and newer um, mm. which obviously includes the latest 14 series as well as the third gen SE um, but I do have to say now a couple things I did notice about this while using it over the past week uh, and this was on the beta was that it doesn't work with all songs on Apple's database. No. So typically, so far, it's only been popular, well-known songs. And I, at first, I kind of thought that Apple may have only provided this feature to songs that they rated as popular with the star next to it. Could have. But um, they do work on some non-star rated songs as well. So it's kind of a hit or miss. Nevertheless, yeah. I feel like there's a, there's a lot out there that you can choose from. So, And there is a playlist um, on Apple Music that they have created, which holds all of these songs that you can use, um, sing with. Um, so if you want to 
instead of looking for a song yourself to see if it has it, you can just go to that playlist and find it. Yeah, the other thing I did notice, and it's kind of funny you bring that up, is that this feature doesn't really work at all on the songs you've added to any of your playlists. It's really weird. Mm. So if you're not seeing the feature with the songs in your playlist, then search the exact same song up in the search engine within the music app, and the feature could very well be present when playing it that way. Um, that could just be a beta bug or something. Probably, or, yeah. Or something they're working mm-hmm. on uh, could be fixed in later updates. But And I am testing it on my 11 Pro, so maybe newer phones have that adjusted. I'm not really sure. But I just kind of found that funny anyway. It's just kind of weird to me that... You can not you can use it in the search, but you can't use it in the playlist. It was like there are why still do I have to do certain this? bugs from uh, literally 16.0 beta that are still being resolved, um, and yeah, and it's it's still in the process. So I'm sure they'll they'll figure figure it out and resolve it. So yeah, but that being said, the feature is actually pretty easy to use. So yeah. simply just search for a song via the search engine in the music app. Once you've selected the song, you can tap on the current song being played that appears near the bottom within the app. And then if the feature is available for that song, you should just be able to see the icon that has a microphone with like little stars next to it. Uh, You just tap that and you can adjust the vocal levels from that song. Personally, I don't use this for karaoke, which is kind of crazy. I guess it's not that crazy because I can't sing worth crap. But uh, (laughs) I use it because I actually enjoy hearing instrumental versions of many, you know, popular songs and such. Yeah, same. And since this allows you to pretty much turn down the vocals almost all the way, uh, that's pretty much good enough for me so and and when this feature does hit nearly the whole apple music database and they fix the problem where it doesn't you know yet work on songs in your own playlist this really could draw me away from youtube music um that's a major reason that i even use that service because i love instrumental versions of you know major songs so yeah um did you have anything else you want to talk about in that update yes um there's been a lot of talk and discussion about this new airdrop feature where oh, yeah. it's, it's been limited a lot and many people are hating on it. Me personally, I am I would totally 50, 50? agree. I no, I'm oh, okay. I'm really not for that. It's basically now where you can have certain contacts only or up to 10 minutes of allowed use for that airdrop if that makes sense. Um, and it's kind of annoying because that limits you from from those tasks being set for a longer period or, you know, you can also send it to everybody. But again, it's it, it's a great area, I would say, for Apple at the very least. So I'm not exactly, you know, I don't airdrop a lot anyway, so it doesn't affect me personally, but it's just another one of those things where it's a limitation. Yeah, they've made a couple uh, gray area changes Um and I think even CSAM is one to take note of that they completely ditched that altogether. Um, and I, as far as the airdrop, I think uh, I would I would also agree with you. Um, I'm just not a big fan of limiting that, you know, f- as far as everyone just for 10 minutes. Um, the funny thing is, and it's up to the user to actually accept or decline this, but if you're ever in an airplane before they take off or when they land, you just get like random airdrop images yes. or whatever sent to you. And that, I felt like that was kind of fun because, you know, I enjoyed getting random stuff. Like there were sometimes memes or whatever, uh, but <laughs> yeah. you know, it probably won't happen as much anymore. It takes away from the fun of it. I mean, I exactly. understand like maybe some people being annoyed by that, but also like, I mean, most people I think would be fine with it. It's just, 
I don't know. It's just another one another one of those things that Apple just knocks down and I'll, most people like it. I just I guess they're not listening to uh their consumers in that sense, but you know. Yeah, I mean, I I I figured it would just stay in China, but they're they're bringing it to the to the big states here, so. Yep. But I mean, that's pretty much um as far as 16.2 goes, uh, there were a few other things like lock yeah. screen um, fixes and stuff like that. But uh, for me personally, that was that was the major things. Yeah, I'm, I'm just hoping that it gets more stable and battery life increases. So other than that, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and actually, with music, uh, there's something we want to discuss. And this is from Mac Rumors from Joe Rosignol about Apple releasing a new music app that will allow you to just play classical music. In 2021, Apple had announced their acquirement of Prime Phonic. However, with not many people really seeing a major interest in it, Apple has decided to um, just basically let it go and um, create their own app. And uh, in my opinion, I don't really see a use for it because it's like if if we were to take like the game Call of Duty, like we discussed last week. Okay, and if um Treyarch were to release a game called Zombies. Okay? It's already in the game. I don't need to get another game that is already part of the full one. It's just taking a small piece out of the music app and putting it into its own entity. Some people might like it. Me personally, I don't even know why. You can go to you, I looked this up. You can go to um Apple Music right now. Search up Bach. You will find the di- t- entire discography. I just, I don't say use for it, but. Let me ask you this question. Do you think that if Steve Jobs was alive, this would actually even come to the surface? No. I don't think so. Okay. I don't think so either. Thinking logically. I think this is a waste of time. It, it really is. I mean, yeah. how many, how many um, music apps do we have right now? Spotify, Apple Music, uh, YouTube, YouTube Music. music. Prime music. Prime music, yep. And it's like all... I can tell you right now, all of these have classical music on them. I I don't see the reason for it. I'm just... I'm not all in for this. So, I mean, but it's there, so... I'm I'm glad that they actually, like, showing some attention to, like, classical music. Like, kind of emphasizing it. But just emphasize it within your own app. You don't need to create another app just to, you know... There's playlists. You know... (laughs) make that purchase worthwhile i mean just yeah it just seems like either they shouldn't have made that acquisition or i don't know i i just didn't i don't really find that to be yeah i think that's <laughs> that's gonna gonna be a definitely negative when it comes to a profit for that one mm-hmm. at least in my opinion i mean i know i have a lot of friends that that uh, are big into classical music and, oh i love uh, it i think well i it's just it's just in my mind if I'm already subscribing to a music service, why would I download another app that focuses only on that classical music when I could get the whole entire library at once? You also bring up another good point. Pop, if country. Yeah, yeah. if this becomes another subscription as well, which I hope it yeah, doesn't, you're also paying more money just for you to listen to something you could have just listened to on the one the subscription you had. So it's like... <laughs> It's, it's yeah, crazy. we're going to have to get off the soapbox, but I just, yeah, yeah. I, I, I couldn't get over that one for sure. But, uh, yep, uh, staying on topic with Apple, though, uh, this past May we saw Google announce how they would rectify the oddball smart device in the home, the tablet, um, mm-hmm. and how Google would integrate a docking station with an embedded speaker to be used with their Pixel tablet. Right. 
But what if I told you that another major tech giant is toying around with the idea of doing something of a similar nature? I'd be surprised. An article from Mark Gurman on Bloomberg that actually slipped past us back in October states that he believes Apple is working on such plans and we could expect said accessory as soon as 2023. Yeah, there it is. There it is. I I had a feeling... It wouldn't be long before other major tech companies would see this and be like, "It's I, I can't say it's, like it's okay, a good this idea. is a mind blowing idea, or like even if it's like genius, I think it's just a way to actually utilize yeah, a device it is. that's kind of lost its way." Yeah. yeah, you can't you can't not look at this and say it, it's a perfect integration for a tablet, and I think it, I, it really is. I mean, it takes away the whole Nest Hub issue and yes. it creates two separate devices that can be easily easily utilized together Agreed. or separate. Yeah, mm-hmm. so. But uh, I'm kind of excited to see how that goes, when that will come. I'm not really sure because I believe um, – because they had the iPad Air released different times than the iPad Pro, right? I think it was in spring. I can't remember. And then we had I a think, fall release. Yeah, I think you might have been right about yeah. that. So I, I, we're not, I'm not really sure exactly when we expect to see that. If it was my bet, I would hope to see it in springtime because that means that it would come with a lower-tiered iPad, which is probably going to be the Air or something. It could. So. I'm gonna. I'm gonna say probably in fall, if that's because okay. if that's where they release the pro, it'd be like this great unveiling. That's um, true. They're probably gonna make you spend more money for it. It's yeah. gonna be probably so, more, just as expensive as the uh, Magic Folio and the other one that they use for the pro. Other crazy names. Yeah. Well, we'll right. see how that works out. Um, and then moving along, we've got some information from. Um, well, I mean Apple themselves, but this was actually from John Prosser. Um, and we have some new leaks for the new MacBook Pro coming next year. Um, these are benchmark scores. Uh, the original M1 Max chip had the single-core score of 1758 and the multi-core score of 12,221. But now it is rumored that the M2 Max will have a bench score for the single-core of 2,027 and for the multi-core 14,888. That is 14% faster for the single core and 18% faster for the multi-core. That is amazing. I mean, can we we look back a couple years ago and we were thinking these things are fast. (laughs) We keep bringing about about how Intel couldn't keep up and I just swear they're not going to get it. They literally cannot. And it's just like the more we think like Apple, there's no way Apple could go even further than this. And they already are. And we haven't even hit the extreme. No. The combination of the two ultras to make an extreme, I mean, I have no idea how this is going to hit home, but it's going to be crazy. And the crazy thing is, is that I feel like a lot of people have experienced the um, advertised battery life. So all that power plus power efficiency is pretty impressive. I I imagine probably 40% faster than even this multi-core for the M2 Max. Yeah, yeah. And actually, we have more that that we'll we'll talk about later on at the end of the show. And... um, but with that, with that said, I actually wanted to skip over to a topic we actually hit on last week, uh, which was about PlayStation and how Microsoft would agree to a long-term deal with Sony in relation to Call of Duty, provided mm. their acquisition of Activision went through. Well, this past week, we've encountered a major halt in the purchase for Microsoft, in which the FTC has put a block on the acquisition. Wow. Stating that it would, quote-unquote, enable Microsoft to suppress competitors to its Xbox gaming consoles and its rapidly growing subscription content and cloud gaming business. Um, 
And among other concerns, I believe that it could also lead to increased prices as well if they're the only ones that, you know, offer that game and all yeah. of its, you know, subtitles. Okay, so it's um, limitation on Microsoft part. Is that what I'm understanding? Yeah, I mean, they're basically, they're basically concerned what Microsoft is going to do because this is such a major... It uh, is. Maybe some, would, maybe some would disagree, but I would say a world-class game. Yeah. Um, now, Absolutely. of course, we mentioned how this game has been beneficial to both platforms and how Phil Spencer wants to treat this game much like Minecraft and make it available to as many platforms as possible. Um, in fact, Microsoft also made a 10-year agreement with Nintendo concerning Call of Duty. So, um, But, I mean, with that all being said, I'm curious how you feel about this attempted acquisition because it's something we didn't really ask last week. Um, but if you believe that the FTC is in the right on this and if Activision Blizzard should remain, you know, just its own entity. I mean, I'm kind of split because I feel like a tech company should have its own rights to be able to do what it wants. On the same side, though, I think they need this kind of push because, I, like I said last week, it's a really bad idea to remove Sony from the picture. I think I think it's one thing to pull up a company or or some sort of uh a game or uh, some something innovative and purchase it while it's young. Yeah. Call of Duty is way too stinking big and that is way too much quote unquote power if that's what you want to call it for Microsoft. And I think they could easily abuse that, you know, depending on the situation. I'm sure there's probably some stipulations into the agreement or the acquisition. But I don't know. I guess, you know, I, I know, like I said, I know we didn't talk about it last week. But I just, I don't know. I'm just not really in favor of how that would look. Um, even though I do know, like I said, that a lot of parties could benefit from it. I just, I don't know. Yeah. It's, 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 it's a bit of a, a gray situation for me. I guess we'll just kind of have to see how this this unfolds. But that said, I, I do think that this is the third week in a row that we actually we've actually brought up Nintendo. But um, one minor thing to to note about that is the Switch hits another milestone of popularity. According Ooh. to an article on VG Charts, the Switch surpasses the PS4 in worldwide sales over the span of both consoles' existence. Wow. Which actually says something, considering that the Switch launched a little over three years after the PS4 launched. Yeah, that's... I Man. And I mean, I doubt that they're going to actually surpass the PS5, because people are still having a hard time getting their hands on oh, that Oh, yeah, one. they are. <laughs> and I mean... If if that if we like we talked about last last week, uh, if it's going to be until t- like twenty twenty seven twenty twenty eight, I still think the PS five is going to win hands down, um, even with the Switch being out for so long. That's just me. I just feel like that popularity is too strong, and Sony fans are are wildly trying to get their hands on that console. Well, I mean, let's discuss because really quick is like, why do you think like all of a sudden Nintendo kind of surpassed the PS four? What would be the um, reason for that? Well, I mean, last year it was hard to get it was hard to get into people's hands. I was trying to order mm-hmm. one, and it was just it was back ordered on Best Buy. I kept on looking on online stores. GameStop didn't have it, mm-hmm. so I, I feel like when it finally hit that level of okay, you know, the supply is starting to grow and it's starting to level out the demand. Um, it was you know people could actually start buying more. So 
Um, I guess that's kind of part of what I'm seeing, but it's hard to say because I didn't really keep an exact eye on the market and how that that was transforming. So, well, I think um, um, I think also it could be that um, I mean this is just one aspect of it, but Mario Kart. I mean, they're releasing a lot more tracks. A it's lot one more. Of, it's one of the most popular games. It yeah. is. It really is. And for them to go ahead and release tracks from like way older uh, consoles and put them on there. It's like you got something about that, don't you? Well, no. I mean, I actually was thinking about it. And I was like, because I, I saw this comment online and somebody was like, I actually wish they would just add more stages. There, there were like only, uh, f- I think, eight maybe battle stages on the Switch. And I felt like there were the, the some of the ones on the Wii were actually pretty cool as well. So I feel like that's an area they need to actually uh, focus on as well instead yeah. of the tracks. But that being said, I mean, yeah, I agree with you. I think, I think the Mario Kart is a really big hit. Um, and just the fact that I, I have a, let's see, I think it's a 65 inch 4k, uh, it's an LG G1. So it's a gallery mm-hmm. edition. Nintendo games look pretty good on that. I mean, it's, it's not like, you know, 4k quality, but it's really clear considering yeah. these are Nintendo games and it took us a while to get to that stage. So, um, but yeah. I mean, it was just something worth noting. I wasn't like, you know we could break this down any further, but it, it's nice to see that Nintendo was actually making a mark because there was a time there where they weren't really, you know, they were kind of just floating around. And you couldn't really tell for sure. Are they going to stay on board? Are they just going to like be like a software company? Mm-hmm. Kind of like, uh, I think Sega was and just stop with the consoles. So, yeah, but yeah, they're rising up on that. That's good. Uh, and yep. then uh, next thing we got over here is in regards to Apple. And this is uh, quite a major game changer. Um, we discussed some length actually about Apple's new reality headset and the new coined XROS, which JD and I have heavily agreed is a stupid name. Um, and while the name That's a may, good term. <laughs> and while the name may not be in our liking, the information given by Mark Gurman is at least in mine. Um, it stated that this VR system will have amazing high resolution display, a lot of external cameras, and it is rumored that this device will not only surpass Sony but also the meta platform. Um, the main reason the that there's those extended cameras is um, because Apple actually wants to combine the idea of AR and VR heavily. Uh, the original plan was to have it just be a pair of um, goggles that would be both lightweight, durable, and hold a lot of data, being able to do a lot of things. However, mm-hmm. since technology just isn't where it needs to be, Apple is allegedly just going to combine the two concepts. Um, so that's why there's a lot of those cameras there um german has also stated that um the actual air glasses um that they wanted to make um the, the just ar probably won't release until 2025 um oh. which honestly i kind of disagree with i think even with the amount of technology that we're advancing in right now i would even say probably 2028 you don't see meta or rift making any major moves right now in regards to that so that's just my opinion there but I actually thought you were going to say they were going to just stop the whole entire project altogether with the actual glasses because they could. Um, yeah, it just seems it's a cool idea, and it's it's actually something that I felt like Samsung could actually do because they're more in sure. that kind of gimmicky yeah. type of you know innovation. Apple is someone that would actually perfect it, and and, and it kind of piggybacks off the idea that when they do something, it's already been out there. Yes. Glasses, uh, I think we've seen a couple off-brand glasses like that. That uh, I think we even saw one that uh, Zolotech um, demoed. 
Mm-hmm. But um, <clears throat> for Apple to actually continue doing this, 2025, yeah, I'd say that's a little bit too close. I'd, I'd yeah. feel like 27 or 28, something around there, um, especially considering they're trying to hone in on, on uh, VR headsets. I feel like that's something they need to establish themselves in first, and that typically probably takes a good two to three years after yes. it, it hits the market. Yeah. So. Um, I'm also going to... I, I might do this with a lot of things that Apple's going to release, but I'm going to go ahead and pin a price on this, okay? Okay. So I'm going to say the base model, because you know Apple's going to release a pro model. It yep. wouldn't be Apple if they didn't. The base nope. model, I'm going to say, would be probably 1200 The pro hmm. model, I'm going to say at least 1500 Just hmm. based on what we know about Apple, you know, their design features, and especially they have a new OS – um, you know, things will probably increase in price in the future is at least what I'm guessing. I'm probably going to guess that because a lot of VR systems we're seeing now are about 800 or so good quality ones. So I'm putting Apple a few more hundred dollars ahead just cause you know, you have to kind of account for that. So I'm probably going to peg it at base 15 pro 18 or 19. That's what I would think, but I mean, it's hard to say. We don't yeah, know anything is. about we, yeah, this. Yeah, it's just a it's just a just, guess, but yeah. I don't know. I I, I always <laughs> I always put Apple way above, and it's it partially it's because sometimes it's the truth, other times it's just because I don't want it to be disappointed, so I want to put them even higher <laughs> put than them I even, think. Well, that's what we did with the Watch Ultra. So exactly. That being said, uh, there is another follow up topic that I want to hit on from last week, and we talked quite a bit about the Google's feature drop. Yes, it's coming back to haunt us. Of course. <laughs> Can't get away from it. I, I'll actually, and I'll actually rephrase that. We talked a lot about Google's feature drop last week. Um, but there is another subtle change uh, in that update in which I, they finally follow after Apple in the airplane mode department. Uh, back in Android 11, they made the adjustment to where you could enable airplane mode and it would no longer disable Bluetooth. Now, with this latest update, they've added Wi-Fi to the list of connections that will no longer be disabled when turning on airplane mode. That's good. Which I really, it, it's something that I have always appreciated about my, about iPhone is because I hate it when I'm listening to a song and, like, the Bluetooth cuts out and the Wi-Fi is off. Sometimes I'm just turning on yeah. airplane mode because that's yep. what I want it. So, um, I agree. And especially with all these airplanes out there that have built-in Wi-Fi, it just makes sense to keep it enabled. So. But, uh, yeah, that's pretty much it. Okay, that's good. Probably a few more in the future we're going to see. But, uh, yeah, with that being said, I think you had some news on HBO. Yeah, so they are going to actually be completely going away with the name HBO Max. And it's stated that they'll be just going with the name Max. Um, Which, I mean, we're seeing a lot of changes right now with a lot of these streaming services and... I'm I'm kind of indifferent. I really don't care, to be honest. It's kind of like, okay, cool. I don't know what you think about that. but I mean, it doesn't really make a difference as far as what it's called. I, I think it's just, in my opinion, from what I'm seeing from that company, I think they're just trying to find more efficient ways, more financially profitable ways to um, maximize uh, their financial gain. Um <laughs> nice yeah sorry it's all good i'll i'll see myself out um but yeah i mean they're gonna be it sounds like they're gonna be combining all these different sorts of services including discovery plus underneath that one name 
Mm-hmm. So yeah, um, and I guess it, we're expected to see that those changes surface somewhere around 2023. Is that right? Yeah, it's going to be in spring. So pretty much right around the corner. So yeah, a few months. But with that, we'll actually move on to some deals, and we really didn't have that whole lot this week. Um, and to be honest with you, I'm sure most of you guys have probably got mo- uh, the majority of your Christmas shopping done, largely because of the shipping delays. So yeah. Um, uh, but this first one actually isn't technically a deal, but it's just something to look out for if you guys are a T-Mobile customer. If you are looking to use home internet, uh, they used to have this deal where they would bring down the home internet price from $50 down to 30 and that deal would only be available on their highest plan, which is Magenta Max. Now they're actually making it available to customers with at least one voice line and as long as you guys don't already have a home internet active with them or recently have had one, um, this is available to all of you guys. So you don't even need to have the Magenta Max anymore. And the price just dropped down $5 more. So it's now $25 a month if you get that locked in nice. price. So that is pretty Yeah, good. it's pretty impressive. I think the only bummer about this is, and I'm sure my our dad has voiced this many times, they're not available in his area, which is hilarious because we live like 50 minutes apart. Um <laughs> Yeah, and I've used true. it before, and uh, yeah, it's it's just hilarious. But um, yeah, if you guys are looking to tr- maybe ditch your current uh, ISP, I I definitely say give T-Mobile a shot. The only reason why I didn't use it because I run a Plex server from my home, and there's just certain uh, protocols and stuff that I need uh, for that to work. But uh, yeah. yeah, I feel like that's a good deal. Yep. Uh, the only other thing we got is uh, actually from Mac Rumors. Uh, this is a deal for the uh, 2022 Apple TV 4K, uh, the 120 gigabyte Wi-Fi and Ethernet. Um, so it was under 49, now it's under 39. So the price drops ten dollars, and as far as I'm aware, I looked on there just recently. I saw it yesterday, um, so it's still on there. You guys can go check it out. I know it's not a major price drop, but as I always say, for Apple, anything's great. Um, and it should be delivered between the dates of the 12th and the 14th for residents in the United States. Yeah, and it's actually nice to see that because uh, that came out not too long ago, and we're already seeing, I mean, I know it's not much, but $10 discount on the 128 Yeah. So um, I think they're finally getting to that point where they're realizing, let's bring the price down, get it into people's homes, because the older ones were just not worth, you know, one fifty, two hundred dollars. No. Well, that was the yeah. base price. That was the base, and they went up from there. So, but yeah, definitely, yeah, good. definitely good. And actually, to stay on topic with that, um, so we have some altered shipping expectations on the fourteen Pro and Pro Max for iPhones. So, with the door about to shut on twenty twenty two, we're actually hearing reports that production of the iPhone fourteen Pro and fourteen Pro Max should finally see an increase. Um, and in turn, shave off current shipping delays and backwards for Apple. Wow. Yeah, we actually we mentioned a few weeks ago that the uh, Foxconn production facility in China was experiencing aggressive, underwhelming production numbers due to COVID restrictions. Uh, well, now it seems as though the Chinese government is actually working with Foxconn to help kind of reestablish full working capacity and that we should actually see normal shipping dates resume somewhere around January uh, for me, I, I kind of would say you could possibly see it actually pushing into February hmm. um, when you finally start to see those dates kind of shrink down from when you're actually going to purchase them. 
Um, but yeah, according to this article on Reuters, an unnamed source says that the recruitment for workers at Foxconn is in full swing, and they're hoping to meet that predicted timeline. Uh, but yeah, this is definitely good news for those of you guys who have been waiting on a 14 Pro Series. Uh, I mean, I'm sure some of you probably resorted to just going to your carrier or whatever, but yeah. um, at least at least we're getting it back into a, a regular expectation for uh, delivery dates. Yeah, it looks like everything's turning um, on the upside for Apple, so that's actually really good. Glad to hear it. Yep. Um, next thing we're going to be discussing is in regards to Twitter. So we actually have a couple different topics. Um, first thing is, and this has been confirmed by Musk, um, we got some information from Sami Fati, if I pronounced that name correctly, uh, over from Mac Rumors, stating that Twitter will be increasing its character limit from 280 to 4,000. Oh, no. <laughs> the last time that we had to change it all was back in 2018 when the CEO... Jack Dorsey had increased the character limit from 140 to 280. And even then, from what dictionary.com has stated, a lot of people swore they would never go beyond that limit because they were upset of this change. I really wonder what people are going to think of this one. <laughs> well, obviously, people have gone over 140. A lot of people have gone over 140. <laughs> uh, 4,000? You may as well not have a limit. <laughs> I just feel like I feel like that's changing the the just the core vision of Twitter because it was just short. It was you know easy to read these quick. I mean that's not a tweet. That's uh, that's a. I told my wife that's an essay. That's an essay, right? There. Yeah. Um, I gotta say, not a fan. Nope. I'm sorry. I'm not a fan. I, I, I know there's been times when I've been like, oh, I wish I could have more space. But at the same time, I'm like, you know what? People may not read these long tweets anyway. So, And, and is that – let me just clarify this because I, I, didn't, I didn't get a chance to read that article. Is that actually just general or do you have to subscribe to Twitter Blue to have to, that uh, feature? In reply to a question whether rumored plans for Twitter to increase the character limit to 4,000 were true, Musk responded yes without providing additional information. So, okay, so it's possible. It's, it may be because of Twitter Blue, which, by the way, we'll be, get, be getting into in a minute here. It might be Twitter Blue. I don't know. But even then, I don't know why you would. That's the whole point of a tweet. It's like a small little, you know, piece of information or a quick statement, you know, something that you have an opinion on. You might as well go ahead and write like a a one like how my brother does sometimes when he's writing to me about something personal. You might as well go ahead and write like a three page, you know stinking i don't know essay on like mini a, novel yeah. a mini novel on like something that's happening personally in your life it's like if um you know you have those recipes online and they give you like this whole spiel on where they were in 2008 in the winter time with their grandmother i don't need to hear that i just want to get to the point <laughs> yeah it's ridiculous uh, i don't know that's... about this one that's but, pretty sad. I, th I I think you're transitioning over maybe into a little bit of a Facebook territory right there. Pretty much. Which is yeah. not a good which is not a good thing. Yeah. No, absolutely not. Yeah. But uh picking up on the heels of that one, um that's that's a hard one to actually We've got some right better news. <laughs> better news. Yeah, maybe it depends on the perspective, but um 
There's talks around Twitter and how Musk has plans to raise the price of Twitter Blue subscription to $11 on the App Store. However, this increase is meant as an incentive, um, an incentive to actually force people to subscribe to Twitter through a website uh, accepting Twitter Blue subscriptions for $8. And actually there's a, there's a leak that the website-based plan could actually drop to $7, um, which I know that would be only like $4 savings a month, and that's like $48 a year. But, I mean, with all the costs going up, this is a nice little savings. But, I mean, in the end, I'm kind of curious what your thoughts are on this. Honestly, I I don't know why. I mean, I understand it's to curb the 30% that Apple charges, and I get that. Um, I understand the main reason why Musk is doing this. But, I mean... Well, the funny thing is, is there's nothing in the developer policy that prohibits it. So it's not like no, Apple could threaten I, to pull the Oh, no, I, the I understand store. that. I totally... I'm, yeah. Yeah, I get that. Um, but another little price hike, it's like... I feel like at this point you need to have tiers if we're gonna if we're gonna go to like certain little price hikes on that. Um, well, I mean, it'd be one thing if that tier was in the same place, but it's not. It's just you have it on the app store. Yeah. that's your price, and then you're getting it somewhere else. And I think eventually people will kind of catch on to that and be like, "Oh, you're only paying like seven dollars for Twitter Blue. Why are you doing that? Or how'd you do that? You know?" And I think eventually enough people will start pulling off of the app store. Yeah. Well, there's actually uh, more information about this um, that it's being it's being brought back. And this time, there's more security um, stuff. So before, we had a lot of fake Twitter accounts with this, you know, the blue check mark next to it and a right. lot of people yep. faking accounts. Yep. So after Musk had removed that, now he's going to reestablish it um, with this $11 um, or like $5 increase, if I said that correctly, $4, whatever. Um, so now, Joe, the guy we previously talked about on Mac Rumors. Um, he's um says that Twitter accounts, official Twitter accounts, will receive the blue check mark, but only after they verify their phone number and their account has been reviewed. Um, and this also gives those perks that we previously talked about a few months ago, and they're now confirmed. Um, you can edit tweets, upload higher resolution, and I think there's even a couple more things. Um, so this is good. At least Musk is making you know some bigger changes on this. Obviously, the whole character thing is crazy but i think this kind of balances it out so we're not going to have yeah. these crazy fake accounts at least maybe hardly at all if i'm being honest so yeah i mean i i, I like the improvements that we're seeing here and kind of the direction that we're heading in um it doesn't it makes me a little bit more confident in the fact that it doesn't seem like this company is totally running into the ground uh, no. yeah. I, I think I think they're definitely trying to stay level-headed at least at this point in time. I'm not sure if Musk has somebody right next to him saying here. I think this would work better, but um, <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah. But anyway, with all that said, uh, we don't want to spend too much time on Twitter as as we have at least in we've the been past doing episode, it a lot. But, uh, Sorry, we've been doing it a lot. But but I mean, this was actually interesting because I feel like the subscription is is worth stating, um, especially for those who don't see it coming. Um, but with that, we will move on to our final topic of the day. And um, once again, the Apple Car makes the news, and not necessarily in an exciting way, but rather a more tangible perspective, I guess you could say. Mm-hmm. Um, according to another report from Mark Gurman on Bloomberg, Apple has plans to lower their expectations for autonomous driving and will delay the projected launch year 
for their much anticipated quote unquote smart car yep. from uh, the year 2025 to 2026. So the original intent for this vehicle was to have it running at a level five fully autonomous specification that sports neither a steering wheel or pedals. Yeah. So again, they didn't want this car to have anything that was like technically traditional. Um, but kind of with realistic expectations looming over the quote unquote special projects team led by Kevin Lynch. Uh, and Lynch actually also heads up the watch OS and health software department. For those of you guys who don't hmm. follow, um, current technological obstacles forced this group to kind of hone in on what Mark Gurman stated, practical goals and stability, uh, which honestly more so is, is kind of Apple's MO. I mean, they're just, they like to get things, you know, refined before they let it, you know, hit the public. Yeah. Um, but that being said, though, some of these goals are actually still pretty lofty. So even though the self-driving won't reach every street per level five requirements, um, Apple still has planned to offer self-driving for major highways, similar to what current competitors offer, but with the goal to give the driver the ability to perform other tasks uh, while the vehicle is moving, such as watching a movie, playing a game, et cetera, et cetera, hmm. which is kind of interesting here. Yeah. Um, and if that's not enough, the performance of this computer that will be processing all of this driving data, among other functions, uh, will pretty much be downright madness. So to kind of lay the groundwork for what we're expecting from this computer, the highest-end processor that Apple makes is the M1 Ultra, and we're fairly familiar with this chipset as it has a 20-core CPU with 16 performance cores and four efficiency cores, a 48 GPU, and then a 32-core neural engine. What we're hearing from Mark Gurman is that this computer will be the equal performance of four, one, two, three, four, M1 Ultras combined. To quote Steve Jobs, this thing sounds like it will be a flat-out screamer. <laughs> um, Holy now, smokes. Now, to make sure we're clear, German said that it would be equal to the performance. He didn't actually say that the cores would just, you know, kind of quadruple. But right. I did want to speculate on those numbers, though, just to, you know, see what that kind of sounds like if it did quadruple. That would be 64 performance cores, 16 efficiency cores, 192 GPU cores, and 128-core neural engine, all while maintaining the type of power efficiency that the M-series chipsets are known for. Now, I will just straight up quote Mark for this, but he's saying that, quote, the chip has reached an advanced state and is considered nearly production-ready, though Apple may scale it down before the cars launch to lower costs, end of quote. So, I mean, there is a chance that we may see a reduction in this performance from the computer, but still, I mean, I'm dying to find out what the specs of this car from a CPU performance level is going to be, uh, which also begs the question, what kind of power performance does it have from a vehicular standpoint? I mean, yeah. 60 times, right. I mean, just that that's really what I'm kind of curious about as well. Um, yeah, because, I mean, Apple's, like, always been on the fritz of, like, processing power they'll probably have to learn to work with like, cause like you said, they're going into like the automobile environment and they have to learn how to adapt to that. So they'll only get to figure out like, okay, what are all these types of major car companies doing to improve theirs? Um, and it's just, yeah, like you're saying, you know, um, speed, 
um, acceleration, that kind of thing, the engine itself. Um, there's a lot of things they kind of need to uh, sort of adapt to. Um, kind of going back to how what we were talking about in regards to the um, the M1 Max, the Ultra has uh, its multi-core score two times that of the Max. Right. Which means that is, if I'm if I'm correct about this, eight times that of the Max, which is theoretically, yeah. Through theoretically, obviously, that this is still like, you know, rumors and such, but. That is incredible. I mean, that computer has got to be doing so many. And for that to have so many things doing that at once, you have to kind of expect what are the functionalities of this car that's going to be released. Well, I mean, think about it. I mean, like 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 they said, I mean, we were expecting this to have a level five autonomy here. And yeah, I, I think at this point, like, like we said, I mean, they were just trying to his goal really uh, Lynch was to actually just get this into the market. And so even though they're dropping back a year from 2025 to 2026, them dropping from level five down to, you know, just to major highways only, not only makes this product seem like it's really going to happen, but we're seeing that it could actually have an enormous amount of potential, you know, a few years after it finally hits. That's interesting, but we do have some information from Bat- Brad Anderson over on Car Scoops. Um, a lot of the engineers over Apple are actually saying that they think it's going to be released in 2027 or even 2028. Uh, and by the way, just to kind of go on this, for those of you who don't understand um, levels of autonomy in regards to a car, there are five levels, five being fully aut- autonomous, which means it you don't have to do literally anything. The Tesla Model Y is a level two. For this car that Apple's pushing is going to be probably a level 3 or even a 4. For the 5, obviously, that won't be out, I'm going to say, 2030, maybe 2032. It's going to be a while before they can do that. Kind of like how it's a very similar to how we were talking about with the um, the headset. Apple kind of has this thing where they make these increasingly high standards for their products and then they say, eh, that's really not going to work. Let's just kind of dim it down to something that's basic, but, you know, a higher functionality than most tech. Um, so, but, yeah, that's information in case you guys were wondering on those those levels. So. Yeah, and actually to put that into uh, specific terms. So with level two, vehicle has combined uh, automatic functions like acceleration and steering, but the driver must remain engaged with the driving task and monitor the environment at all times. Level three, the driver is a necessity but is not required to monitor the environment. The driver must be ready to take control of the vehicle at all times with notice. And then you hit level four, which the vehicle is capable of performing all driving functions under certain conditions, and the driver may have the option to control the vehicle. And then five is obviously it can perform functions under all conditions. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, yep. And a good friend of mine, I won't name his last name, but a good friend of mine, Billy, he he and I talk a lot about this stuff on tech, and he said that uh, we're not really there yet. Yeah. And I, I, I agree. 100% we're agree. just not there yet. Yeah. Because we, we, we really haven't, I as much as Musk wants to kind of fledge the whole entire self-driving and, and just, just say it, that it's it's where we want it to be or... I, it's just there's there's too many ifs and hesitancies, and I just... But with that, I feel like 
seeing this stuff from Apple and what what's being leaked, um, before you know it, we we will be in that iRobot stage. Uh, Pretty much that movie with Will Smith, but yeah, was driving that Audi and it was yeah. self drive. Yeah, it was really cool. But uh, I mean, we'll we'll be there eventually. But um, there are some things to take note of on this, and one of which is that Apple is plunging roughly a billion dollars into this project yearly. They also have Amazon Web Services as a cloud-based source for some onboard AI processing that Apple's shedding around a yearly expense of $125 million uh, to Amazon for that usage. Hmm. They also have an idea to possibly set up a remote command center that could aid drivers in the event of an emergency. Okay. And that the center could also have the potential to control those cars. Not okay. That was a little bit of 50-50 there. That's exactly the kind of same response I had mentally when I read this. I was like, okay, that's kind of good. That's kind of bad. I don't know if I like it, though. No. (laughs) Because it just... In my mind, there's too much that you could do with technology that would say, I can hide certain logs, I can hide certain information, and the driver could be held responsible if that stuff is, you know, I don't know. I'm not sure what your thoughts are on that. but Our sister just had an issue where she could not access her iPhone 11. She was locked out, and... um. She tried resetting it, and she saved. I think she saved all her photos and some some data, but lost her contacts and everything. And it was because of Apple security that she wasn't able to do that. There's one side where it's like way too secure, and then another side where it's like it's not secure enough. This problem right here with Apple, if if this is you know true, obviously it's a rumor, but with this whole console thing, you have to be careful with the amount of control you have, the amount of security that you're putting into this, because it can only go so far and it can only cause people to have concerns, you know, what could happen yeah. if they have control over my car? Like it's, it's a really, and I mean, this, thing. this was one of those things that he emphasized. Well, I didn't necessarily emphasize, but the way he worded it, it was like the idea to possibly set up, um, for one thing, they don't even know for sure if they want to set up a remote command center. So if that does happen, you know, that's one step. The other step of actually having the potential to control those cars, that'll be interesting. Yeah. And I, it sounded like that would be only be in the event of an emergency. So, But the fact that they still have access to be able to control those cars, that's really where it gets sketchy. Um, yeah. Uh, it's the same thing with, like, um, the Tesla. I don't know if you heard, but that guy could not access his battery. It completely died, uh, and he had to no, take it. And he had to take it to the dealership and get it completely. Like, he couldn't access his car. He couldn't get in. It's the same oh. thing here. There's a level of security, and it's it's. I, this is, I'm with you right here, JD. It's a fifty-fifty because on one hand, I'm like, great, great security. There, if there's any issues, I know that especially with Apple nowadays, you know, you know they have great security, especially with their updates and stuff. Right. But yeah, it, it is a level of concern to you know to be careful about for sure. So the other thing along with the uh, the command center is Apple is also discussing the idea of possibly offering its own insurance program to customers for the cars. Okay, that's pretty cool. And then just to kind of sum up with a couple things here, Apple has currently not settled on a design for this vehicle. Hmm. Uh, and, but in the contrary to previous aspirations that Apple had, it's likely to be more of a traditional car. 
uh, rather than something that resembles like a limo or a van or something like that, which was really weird when I when I kind of was breaking this stuff down. Um, and then lastly, the original expected price of this car before they delayed this to 2026 and kind of adjusted itself autonomous driving. Uh, the car was expected to be around $120,000 for the base price. Now, which I mean, honestly, that doesn't sound too bad considering what this no, car could do. Yeah. But now with the adjusted expectation, Apple is likely to undercut the six-figure price as a starting cost. He said that it would put it in, this, in roughly the same price range as the entry-level version of the Model S and then the EQS from Mercedes-Benz. Hmm. Interesting. Which I think is good. Uh, I think if you have a starting price in the six-digit figure, you're gonna you're not gonna. Yeah, and that makes me think they're probably going to release. You know, like I stated before, with the reality, or with the um, the headset, probably gonna be like a pro version. I know I I've joked about it before, but I feel like they're probably gonna pull something like that. You know. I think Apple's going to approach this a little bit differently. I really? think that I well, here's the thing. When you when you jump into the auto market world, it's not really the same type of game. Uh you kind of have to establish yourself as a more serious premier brand and it's different than competing against smartphone against smartphone because now you have to look at what other you know, competitors do and how they're naming their cars. And, um, I mean, maybe they will have like a, a pro series. I just don't think it'll actually be pro. No. Name. Yeah. I don't think okay. it'd be called pro. I, but I mean, you do have a lot of cars I that mean, have like, yeah, it, it, when you upgrade yeah, to the next trims. version. Yeah. They have different yes. tiers. So yeah, I wouldn't say it's called like the pro or whatever. I was just saying like, it'd probably be like, you know, Oh yeah. Kind of yeah. Style. I mean, like, if you look at all sorts of different ones out there, I mean, Hyundai has like, five different trims uh toyota has oh gosh i don't even know how many they have they have like six maybe um but yeah with all that being said we hope you guys have enjoyed this episode um we certainly have a lot of information going um on with apple uh, especially this week um but if you did enjoy it make sure you leave a like and make sure you follow uh, on spotify for future notifications and if you're on the youtube Hey, leave a comment. Um, we love to see viewership and, you know, your thoughts on uh, these topics as well. Um, and we will catch you guys in the next episode. This is JD and Riley signing off. Peace out. Peace out.